everybody. Welcome back. This is Cam. This is Sam. And you're listening to The Gray, where everything matters. Everything matters. <laughs> Today, we are talking about imposter syndrome. What is that? So good. Okay, <laughs> imposter syndrome, I think everyone's going to be able to relate. So it's basically a pattern of self-doubt, mm. and it leads to anxiety, stress, missed opportunities. Um, it's feeling like you're a phony. Um, like at any given moment, everyone's going to find out that I'm like a fraud, that I don't know what the hell I'm doing or talking about. Wow. So like I'm feeling right now on this podcast. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just inadequate. And, and yeah. you, you feel it and you think everyone else knows it and you're basically going to be exposed. Mm. And it, it's not even necessarily true. No, it's a syndrome, you know, it's just, um, you know, there's bits and pieces and I'm going to rattle off a list. And okay. of course this is researched, um, by a psychologist, um, Dr. Latita. And so I want to read off some bullet points and then you tell me which one's grabbed onto you. Okay. It's imposter syndrome. This can be self-doubting, being hard on yourself, even with the tiniest mistake. Mm. Uh, hiding failures so other people can't see them, mm. finding it hard to accept compliments over uh, achieving, not feeling good enough at anything you do, setting yourself with very high expectations, and feeling that it was, um, I'm sorry, feeling that it was down to luck that got you where you are. Basically, wow. you didn't earn it. You didn't strive. You didn't achieve. It was luck. Wow. And undervaluing your skills and abilities. Wow, that, imposter that's, syndrome. That is a oh, that's a tough list. I don't even know where to start. You know, it's you made me think like how many of us are actually successful yet don't feel it. Oh yeah. You know, feeling like we don't belong there. We're not qualified. Question our abilities. Question our abilities. Capabilities. While in the room. Oh while yeah. At the table. While producing the results. So would that would that be like? intentionally being that way? Is it feeling like a phony? Yes. It's feeling like a phony. It is. Um, I'll give you an example. The very first time I started seeing clients, I remember people, they're just divulging their problems, their issues, their secrets, right. their everything. And you're sitting there and I'm going to be honest with you. I just thought, I can't do this. Right. What do I do with all this? Yeah. Somebody is counting on me damn near paying, they are paying me, not even damn near, they are actually paying money for me to know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing, right. and I'm, I'm, at any moment in time, they're going to point their finger at me and say, you you don't know what you're doing, you're a phony, you're a fraud, right. give me my money back, I want someone better. Yeah, yeah, I'm paying you, and I'm coming to see you to perform the forensics, you know, it's not like... You go into a doctor and you say, hey, I need this knee replacement surgery. And the doctor looks at it and he says, hey, this is what we do. Go right to it. I, you're, there's a lot of expectation that's loaded with what we do. Yeah. And there are many people out here listening today. There's a lot of expectation loaded with what you do. And, and it's a constant thing of examining oneself to see if they're adequate. And I, I think some of the concerns could be legitimate. I think we just confound them into a lot of different things unnecessarily. Well, and I think a huge key with battling imposter syndrome is being able to have the guts to say, I don't know when I don't know, 
being able to uh, collaborate, get trained, get more education, ask around instead of pretending um, like I know it all. I've got it all together all the time. I'm, I'm the only person in the world who's not allowed to be human and make a mistake. Right. And it goes back to uh, radically accepting exactly where I am at any given moment and not actually not pretending. Right. And then maybe if it goes to feeling worthy a feeling that I deserve to be here, you know, because think about how hard it is for some of us. We scrape, we fight to get where we are. And maybe, and I've said this before, nothing's given to me. And then when you finally get to where you go, do I deserve to be here? Especially if you have a chip on your shoulder mm. and the chip on your shoulder says, I'm always, hey, and, and you could, and I find myself doing it. Like there's no threats. There's nobody saying that I can't do it. And I'm like, y'all don't believe in me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just it's constantly just searching comes, for fuel yeah. to to fuel my fire because I I don't think hey I, I there's still more I can do and you know then I have to tell myself dude like for your age you are successful you're fine uh, and, you're good and, yeah and you're success good. You're, may no one's on thinks you're an imposter right this is a self thing yeah. and it's eternal it's internal and I want everyone to realize like. Internal. This has to do with anybody with any role that they play. I remember uh, when I had my daughter and the doctor said, okay, we're discharging you today, Miss Watson. And I just started crying because I was like, what? Like, I can't do this at home. I'm totally inadequate. I don't know what I'm doing. I am an imposter. Like, I'm I'm a phony mom. Like, I'm faking it. Ah, 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 ah. And you just... I hate the saying, fake it till you make it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But the truth is I do have what it takes. Right. I, I am, I, I am a mom. No, I've got this baby in my arms. I have clients. They're on the couch. They are talking to me. Right. Like you have the training, you have instincts, you have everything it takes, Cammie. You can do it. Yeah. And I, I that's, I, that's so relatable metaphor queen, <laughs> uh, because I actually, had imposter syndrome as the driver of the kid home from the, I was like, oh, I'm going to get in a wreck. I can't drive (laughs) and stay in my lane. I'm inadequate. You know, I'm inadequate to get this baby from the hospital to the car. I drive every day. It's so much responsibility. And I put this pressure on myself that I got to drive any different than I normally drive because the baby was on board. Being hard on yourself, which is one of the bullet points, even with the smallest mistake. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I just hit a bump too hard. Uh, I suck at this. Well, I'm done. I think we can interject the or bring into the conversation this social media because, you know, I, I do post, yes, but I don't post. I post for, with a purpose. <laughs> but a lot of young kids, I don't need, Facebook doesn't influence my identity or self-worth, self-value. Okay. Uh, Instagram, any of those things. I see with kids, you know, you can create whatever life you want to create. So we're like, they become an actual imposter maybe. Oh yes. It's it's (laughs) millions of imposters. Okay. So everybody's famous or wants to be famous, but in real life, I say you're, you're fresh on social media, but stale in real life. Ooh. So everyone only posts the best. Yeah. Post it. You can frame your image. And then there are a lot of kids who have low self-esteem because they think that somebody else is living a fabulous life or they, they have something, think about how many girls look at other girls and they got a certain figure, a certain shape, or 
I'm not an Instagram model or guys, you know, I got to do this or that or the other. And so it forces us to be hard on ourselves to think that who we are and what we have and where we come from and how we look is not good enough. It's not enough. And And comparison's a thief. Yes, it's a thief of joy. And when we look at social media and we look at, honestly, whether someone's being an imposter or not, if we're not secure enough about who we are, then we shouldn't even be on social media. That's true. I mean, I know that's aspirational. Kimmy, right. give me a break. But I, I mean, that's a huge challenge. If is it, Look, this is your social media. We tell our kids this all the time. You shouldn't get off Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, fill in the blank, and feel worse about yourself. Right. Change your feed. Right. Get that stuff off. Yeah. If, if, if a page, a person, and their life makes you feel inadequate and not good enough, Unfriend it. Unfollow it. Get rid of it. Yeah, and I always say, you don't want to trade lives with anybody. I I know things appear to be, but every, there's there's pluses and drawbacks, positives and drawbacks, benefits and drawbacks, rather, in any situation. And, you know, I always use this quote by Aristotle. You probably heard me say this a hundred times because it's the only quote I know, actually. Um, (laughs) <laughs> be in reality what you appear to be. Ooh. So in therapy, we call that congruent. Yeah, being I congruent. need the inside to match the outside. I need your thoughts, feelings, and emotions matching your actions. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, for me to to transition to multiple versions of me mm. everywhere I go. So I don't do it. I just choose to be me, choose to be comfortable with my skin. My real friends like me who I, for who I am, how I am, anyway, and then. You know, I think you said it earlier, the mask, I don't have to put on the mask or hide behind the mask. Or I'll give you an example. When people walk into rooms, right? I heard a story once of Clint Eastwood. And when Clint Eastwood goes into the room, he never feels the need to have to small talk. Okay. Number one, because he's Clint Eastwood. But sure. I'm like, I'm not Clint Eastwood. I'm like, you know, <laughs> Clint Westwood. <you> know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm not Clint Eastwood, so... You know, he walks into the room, he demands that, that attention sex, but he doesn't have to do anything extra. We do it, right? We feel uncomfortable in a room where we don't, don't belong. Sometimes we actually may prove it by small talking, feeling uncomfortable. And then I know people who put down themselves. Yeah. I, I know this, I know I look, you know, I don't, you know, they put down themselves. Self-deprecating remarks. Deprecate themselves yeah. in the room full of people and the people are looking like, hey, you know, so I've gone in rooms and places where I'm like, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm thinking, I'm acting like I don't belong in here. And at that time in my life, it was pseudo humility. It wasn't genuine. So, mm-hmm. Real humility, humility is recognizing who we are. Hey, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I belong here. If I did something great, thank you. So I'd walk in a room, I'd put myself down and the people were like, Sam Bailey's here. And I'm like, who, me? (laughs) And I didn't even believe in myself. They were like, hey, tell me how you did this. Or I want to hear this. I heard you do this. I saw this. And I'm like, y'all talking to me? (laughs) You know, because then I have to own it. And then I have to take it gracefully and graciously. And so I've learned in my life, just say thank you. I appreciate it. And when I walk in any room, I don't have to, I'm sorry, I don't have to small talk you to make you feel comfortable. Right. It's an awkward silence. Yeah. And, you know, in therapy, we use silence as a tool. Yes. And it's, 
when you're learning it, it could, it's so awkward for the therapist. And I think the first time that I practiced it, um, it, I only let the silence last before about eight seconds before I had to talk because you're right. That awkwardness came all over me and I started feeling inadequate and like, oh gosh, if I don't say something, if I don't do my job, then I'm going to be found out as not being, you know, trained properly or whatnot, but silence is actually a tool. And now I'm up to minutes of letting clients sit there and be reflective. And it's incredible what comes after silence. Well, what if we would have said, Hey, let's not do this because there could be some therapists out there that could listen to us and be critical of what we're doing and how we're approaching it. And, And one thing I learned in therapy though, what got me past that is there are so many different approaches, so many yeah. different methodologies, so many different versions and alternatives and way of doing and it. And people to help. Yes. And, and let's do it our way. Mm-hmm. We're still learning. We're still growing. Uh, and, and you never arrive. Never. It's a journey, not a destination. So what imposter syndrome does is it gives us the delusion or the illusion that it's a destination. Right. So you, once you finally arrive versus being a lifelong learner, a person who's constantly at work on themselves, I should have been here by now. Yeah. Yeah. The shoulds. Don't should all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that last time, I had to go back and listen to it. She said, don't should, S-H-O-U-L-D. Yeah. Yeah. We got to stop. We don't should all over yourself. Yeah, and you know, that's... just a tidbit. I'm sure we're winding down on time, but I know a tool that helps me with my imposter syndrome is I had to really challenge and my inner self-talk. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell myself a lot you're human and you're allowed to make mistakes. Um, And that helps me so much. Of course I correct it and I try to do what I can take responsibility and all that good stuff, but there will never be like Sam, you said a point in time where I just magically arrive and I'm magically perfect and everything's right. And I know it all. Um, And it's just a lot possessing a lot of self-awareness and being able to give that shoulder shrug when you don't know, and then jumping into action, mm-hmm. like when you do know. Right. Yeah, and I think everybody can handle handle owning whatever it is they need to own. Because there are some people, If it's almost like there's a difference between, it's almost good for some people if they aren't aware. There are some people who aren't even aware how talented they are, how good they are, how beautiful they are, how smart they are, how you know, capable. And so we don't know how to find that balance between confidence and cockiness. Yeah. So confidence and arrogance. And so you think that if I own who I am, then because society doesn't often let you do that. I own who I am. And you think, you know, I was to say, I'm not better than you. I might be better than that. Okay. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like I, I'm, I can I can pick and choose, you know, what I want to do, but at the same time I have to own it. My standard and choice is you know, ele- yeah. is better, higher, elevated. I'll give an example of that, metaphor queen. <laughs> and that is <laughs> that uh sorry, you look like stop using that name. <laughs> no. I said in the first episode it's for so all true. of my bloomers, metaphors jo- painting a picture. In. So when Michael Jordan was playing, you grew up around the same time I did. Yeah. And I don't know if you follow sports. The young guys don't know. We went home, and girls don't know. We went home, and on Sundays, Jordan was playing Magic, 
and Magic was playing Bird, Hall of Famers, Elijah Wan, Robinson, Ewing, all that. So I got to see Jordan play in real time. One thing you always knew back then when Jordan came to the stadium, Jordan knew that you came to see him drop 30. Jordan, Jordan would never say, oh, I'm going to get 10 tonight. <laughs> he was there 10. to perform. Yeah. Oh, I got Meet 30. an expectation. Jordan would never apologize for dropping 45 on somebody because that's what you came to see me do. I'm Jordan. You know, and I'm going to be great. I'm going to be I'm, great. Kobe, the same thing. Mom, yeah. hey, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to score 45 on you. Isn't it funny how we celebrate that in other people? And our heroes. Let me critique it. Yeah, you're not going to get a fastball by me. I'm going to, when I'm performing in this performance, I'm doing it because I believe it's going to be Oscar worthy. Yeah. You know, Babyface goes into the lab or Eric Clapton or Paul McCartney. You know, I was watching this thing about the Beatles, genius. They were all sitting around and they they didn't know what they were producing, but they just knew it was going to be great because when, when Ringo, George, John, their Paul got together, they knew what they were hearing and they said, hey, we got something special. You put together a team and you know what you got. So it's the same thing. Like, hey, we want y'all to listen, but we came to drop 30. Yeah. You know, we didn't come just here just to... A piece. A piece. But but we came to say something, not just have something to say. And so, you know, it's important for us to to own those moments and to be able to say, like, it is okay for me to be that. And that's not arrogance. That's not, um, I guess, I hate this cliche, but it's swag. Security. It's, it's security. <laughs> it's it's confidence. It's It's owning the moment, embracing who you are, and... Letting the world see it. That is very aspirational and inspirational. (laughs) And I think we have seasons in life where that uh, attitude and motivation, sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. And when we get comfortable, Mm -hmm. it's mainly in the new transition times when the new hat comes on, the new role, the new, you know, that we've got to take it for a spin and get comfortable with it before we become confident in it. Yeah. Uh, One thing I know, one thing I do know is that the sun doesn't stop shining because you think it's too bright. It says put on shades or put on a hat, move around. You deal with it. You deal with it. Like I'm too bright today. I'm sorry. I'll turn it down a notch. Sorry, not sorry. Go find the shade. Everything that's great owns what it is. Their greatness. You know, so... That, that's what I'm going to tell somebody who's listening today. Like, just just own it. Take everything with grace and humility and and just stay committed to the journey. Yeah. And that's I think good. that's what life is, staying committed to the journey. Wow. I can't even, I don't have anything to add. That was good. I think that speaks to me, especially the sun stuff. Wow. I'm going to have to write that down and, like, put it on my mirror with like my eyeliner, Sam. That was good. Maybe my like affirmation. Okay. Great. You know, daily you a t-shirt made and just <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. And then and you the sun doesn't again. apologize for how bright it is. It Everyone else has to just deal with it. That's good. I, I know I paraphrased, but guys, thanks for listening to the gray with Cam and Sam. Yes. You know, like share with your friends, we're on every streaming platform, subscribe and um, let us know what you think and feel. Definitely.